Have you ever seen someone do really well and wonder how on earth they managed it? I found myself asking that very question at times, and now I want to uncover the elements that go into creating success, influence, connection, and most importantly, happiness in people's lives. My friends, welcome to the High Performance Human Podcast. Welcome back once again to the High Performance Human Podcast. I am absolutely delighted with this next guest. Honoured, privileged, um, all of the words, all of the things. Um, Danielle Weber is an artist based in Melbourne, um, but over the course of her journey has been in front of and worked on behalf of some of the biggest names you will know in the world today. She has been on some trip and a half. And for me, if it comes to think all things art and generally anyone following a passion, Danielle is most certainly towards the top of the tree when it comes to high performance. Danielle, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on board this little podcast of ours. How the heck are you? I'm great. Thank you. What an intro. And we just like, can I just highlight, I appreciate your support because you do own a few uh, goodies, a few pieces of mine. So thank you because it's, yeah, that's all part of the journey. And that's how, I think that's how we connected. So cool. I think it is. I think yeah. it's it was mutual, mutual friends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mutual contact. Uh, Christian yeah. Gravia. Shout mm-hmm. out to Christian. Um, but, legend. Um, but I, uh, I was one of the ones who bought uh, an, an NFT artwork yes. from Danielle um, um, of Stephen Hawking. Uh, he keeps me on my toes. He keeps staring at me as and when I'm trying, I'm starting to get lazy. He stares at me and I go, "Oh shit! I best start being clever again." Better start. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good. I've got a little print of hers just in the background here as well, just to, just to, you know, give my props. Um, Danielle, look, it's, it, it, like I said, I understand how incredibly busy and in demand you are um, right now. I'm sure it wasn't always the case, though, and I really want to dig into that uh, over the course of this uh, little trip. First things first, though, give us a bit of a Genesis story and an MO on your journey up to now. Yeah, of course. So, uh, pretty creative child. I started drawing at two or three years old. Um, went through a bit of a troublesome teenage, I guess, few troublesome teenage years and, uh, found myself painting from like nine or 10 years old. Uh, but I've really been painting consistently for the last 12 years. So I sort of embarked on the, the artist journey 12 years ago where I started on smaller scale artworks and then, um, transitioned into large scale murals. And now I guess my business um includes media murals um brand collaborations all sorts of things so uh definitely not in um haven't placed my myself in one box that's for sure we've spread ourselves um, also doing some coaching and shadow work and helping other artists and uh yeah so it's been a bit of a, a long a long journey but a very fulfilling one that's for sure and, I, and we're definitely going to be unpacking that in a in a big big way um now Danielle, we mention, uh, we ask this question to every single person that comes on our podcast, and it serves as a bit of a barometer uh, with regards to this whole high-performance human stuff. Um, I believe that there are four elements to being a high-performance human, namely success, uh, influence, connection, and happiness, and one cannot survive without the other three. I want your version, though, of a high-performance human. What we, If you were to define it, um, and because you have got your fingers in a few different pies, so you mm. see a few different perspectives... Um, what's your definition of a high-performance human? It's a great one. I haven't thought too much into this because I like being like put on the spot and seeing what I can come with uh, 
come up with on the spot. I think for me, when I think high performance human uh, discipline, like is a big one, and uh, patience, which like of course goes hand in hand with um, with with discipline. And I think, I mean, you mentioned success, but I think I don't know. Um, for me like being on a journey where it's just the unknown I think I've had to diversify my skill set and I think that is being flexible and being like malleable and being able to I guess um jump on opportunities and just yeah get get shit done when you need to that's a high performance human for me I think I like it. It's probably it's 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 uh, one of the because some people try and be really clever with that they try mm. and try and stick in a few big words and all the rest of it. Um, I love the simplicity of what you said there. Basically, it's it's um, you'd say adaptability. Um, yeah, that's a good word. Thank you. Uh, adaptability, discipline, and patience, and and yeah. they're three words that haven't been spoken about all too often. But when I think about it, right in the context of your story to date, um, it really does make sense because let's face it, becoming a successful artist. Mm. really difficult (laughs) really 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 (laughs) difficult there's plenty of because obviously you know um you know art creative it's all very very subjective and whatnot right it's not like um you're in sales where you've got a finite outcome right that Mm. can define success to a degree um you know everything that you've drawn i'm sure there'll be times when you're like fuck is anyone gonna like this thing or what Yeah. Um, yeah so so Tell me, talk, let's start digging into that a little bit. Now, you, like you mentioned, you, you've been an, uh, an artist or focused on your art for 11, 12 years, you know, formally, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, in those early years, though, you would have had a whole heap of things dangled at you, people doubting you, um, you know, maybe people that you love, um, you yeah. know, family members, close people, um, suggesting that, you know, you might want to think about getting a proper, in inverted commas, job. Um, yeah. Tell me about those early days around that whole process of managing to stay real sort of set on your way. Yeah. Well, have you sort of touched on, I think, you know, most artists are known for, I, I guess, typically, you know, you make money when you're dead. Um, and, you know, it's so I guess the people, the doubters, they didn't really have something to look forward and, and a light at the end of the tunnel for me, I guess. So um, you know, I don't I don't place any blame or um I guess I don't hold any resentment towards the doubters. I my my art teacher at high school said you'll you'll be starving, like you won't be able to make it as an artist. Really? Yeah. So fortunately for me, my family actually really, really supportive. Um, I wanted to do health science and my parents actually encouraged me to tap into the arts and I was adamant that I wouldn't be able to make a living out of it. So um, I've had the support and I still know how hard it is because there is a lot of doubt. Um, and more so even just now, like I, you know, I'm, it's been my living for eight years and I work on the streets and I still get asked, you know, I'm pa- painting huge murals, um, with some of the biggest brands across the world and people are still like, Oh, so what's like, what's your real job? Like you're doing this here, but like, what do you actually do? <laughs> this is my job. Um, so it's something I've faced from the get go and something I still face now. Um, and look, as I said, I'm so lucky that I've had the support of my family and I've kept my network close. Um, and the people who don't understand, it, I don't, I guess I've tried to just sort of educate 
natively over the years because um, otherwise you're expending energy on, you know, things that are probably not um, not worth your time and energy. So, yeah, I, th- I think friends um, and my close network now understand, but, um, you know, I think people still think I don't make any money most of the time and it's it's great. So, <laughs> and it's quite, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think those conversations should like shed light on how, I guess, um, how much work we still need to do. But it, it has, a, you know, I feel like the stigma is changing um, for artists, but, yeah, still a lot of work that we need to do. A lot of doubt. There. I think there's there's one little bit of what you just there, said there that I think we perhaps need to highlight. You mentioned there that you, the, the ones that are closest to you know, and then yeah. anybody that questions it, you try and, uh, educate natively, which I think was a wonderful mm. way of putting it, um, mm. because you understand the need to preserve your energy for the important things. Yes. Um, I'd love to dig dig into that just a touch because um, on this trip towards achieving whatever version of high performance anyone mm. has, right, whatever their definition of it is, um, obviously one of the main one of the main sources, resources that we have is our energy, right? Our energy, yeah. our, time, our financial resource, like those key core elements, right? And for someone like yourself who, um, you know, it's, it's very, very labor intensive what you do, obviously, yeah. because it has to be your hand on the end of a paintbrush, right? And whatnot, um, ultimately. So there's no one that can replicate you and your out, your artwork. So talk to us about that. Like your, your energy management, particularly when it comes to who you give your energy Two. Talk to us about that. Is there, in, in particular, is there a story that highlights um, where you've really learned that lesson in a big way? Yeah, I think over the years I've learned that lesson um, from through burnout and through just going, 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 and then obviously your cup's empty and you've got you know you don't even have anything to give to the people that you care um, about around you. So when I say preserving your energy, I think we all know through conversation there's 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 people who um, we do give out and we're like, you know what, I could probably have a conversation and make an impact with that. But then, you know, there's the negative um, and I guess the, you know, the trolls on the internet and it's like, why are you expending your energy on on something that's, that, you know, it, are you having a conversation with that person isn't going to make a difference. So, um, and at, at the end of the day, if I'm, if I'm placing, um, you know, or putting my energy towards that, then I'm not working towards um, bettering my craft and bettering myself as a, as a human business as well. So I think I've learned that the hard way over the years. Um, at the end of the day, as you said, I'm the only person that have to, has to hold that brush um, and execute those, those projects. So um, you pick your battles. I think that's the big, biggest thing. Learning to say no, pick your battles. And then when I do have the capacity, it's like, do I have the capacity this week to have this conversation? Probably not. Whereas next week I might have the capacity to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you can't always be showing up and trying to like, you know, push, push forward and push, um, these conversations that are really important to be had. Um, so yeah, when I'm, when I said natively, I'm saying, you know, if you've got a platform like social media, you can mass educate and then not dealing with, I mean, slight ignorance or um, people who need to be slowly educated um, and you're not like pushing pushing shit down their throat. Sorry. That's like, <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. So, yeah. I, I think it ties in with something that I talk to uh, uh, a lot of salespeople and real estate sales in particular mm-hmm. is is the, the toxicity of having a chip on your shoulder. 
Yeah. And now that can really motivate you at times, but um, as I found to my own detriment, it can very, very quickly turn into a toxic energy that yeah. if it gets through your body, yeah. you end up becoming really quite sour and resentful yeah. to the world around you. Have you ever had a phase like that before? Uh, yes, I definitely have gone through waves uh, and it really just then um, does myself a disservice in in the quality of my work and the way that I'm able to show up. So. Um, now in try, instead of, um, getting angry and I mean, you feel it in your stomach, like you get asked to do things for exposure and you flips your stomach upside down immediately. And now I'm just like, okay, let's just, um, let's just take a step back and understand that people generally have come to you with their best intentions. They don't, they don't want to upset you. They think that they're, you know, that they're doing <laughs> that they're helping you. Generally speaking, um, the people around you have the, their best intentions for you. So it's like, how do we flip that narrative and say, okay, instead of getting a chip on your shoulder, um, maybe we'll have a conversation when you have the capacity. I think the, uh, the Rock said it on a podcast. If he gets upset about something, he'll sit on it for two or three weeks and then have a, have a conversation and show up and um, speak on that issue. So, yes, I used to get really frustrated, but now um, I sort of take a few steps back and either – Approach it with humor. Um, don't approach it at all until I'm not acting on emotion. Um, and then show up and have a conversation. It depends. If I respect that person, then, you know, we might work through that. So we're not building up those toxic emotions and then I can mm. tick that box and move on. Um, but yeah, I think approaching things with humor and, and I mean, I'm, I'm a smart ass. If I'm on a business if building site or something and someone says something, I'll generally just ruffle a few feathers and then move on. Um, (laughs) but look, no, I, I don't, I've tried to, to, um, not hold that toxic energy because it is, it's at the end of the day, like it's not going to affect anyone else, but you. So that's a great point. You're absolutely spot on that energy. Ultimately, it's only going to influence yourself in a negative way. And, and when you are trying to go for something that is greater than where you are or who you are, at that particular point, the last thing that you want to be doing is infecting yourself with bad energy, right? And or dis- and or dispelling some of that precious energy. Because I think we all need to hold on to it a little bit, yeah. you know, a little bit more of a degree of care. Yeah, uh, we're very quick, aren't we? To especially yeah. as ADHD types, we're very, very oh, quick. Fire energy off wherever we need to go, right? And we're like, wait, let's go do that now. Um, So knowing full well that it's completely useless. But anyway, um, that's a whole other topic. Um, That's a whole other. It's a hot, that's a box of a topic anyway. Um, I mean, might touch on it in a sec. Um, But you mentioned mentioned, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and, and I can't, and I can't have a conversation with you publicly without having a bit of a yarn about that. But I want to tie it in with the, you know, the the extent to which you've gone from I've, one of the probably the best bit of social media that I've seen from you. And this is just my personal opinion. Was it was a very very early early video where someone's videoing you in a kitchen. Was it your parents' kitchen? Um, yeah. or you're in it, you're in someone's kitchen and you're just beavering away and whatnot. And it's like little, little, little innocent, you know, Danny just, you know, doing a thing and hoping yeah. for the best. And fast forward to, uh, the world premiere of Black Adam mm. and The Rock commissions you to do a portrait of him and then present it to him on the red carpet. Yeah. Do you not go, 
this is just fucking mental. Um, I have waves where I'm like, this is mental. Um, but then I also just have waves. Like it, there's, it's so much greater. Like my purpose and, and my drive is so much greater than those one, those singular moments. Not that they're singular moments, but like it is, it is a highlight in the journey. And I think there's so much more to it than that, what people see. So I try not to get, um, I guess too caught up in that. Um, because otherwise you're just riding insane highs and insane lows after those things. So yes, huge, like I, I guess I see the bigger picture of that. I'm like, what did that do for other artists? What, um, I didn't have anyone to look up to. So something like that, um, the response of artists being like, Oh my God, it's possible. I can make something of it. And then I guess the contrast from, as you mentioned, me sitting in my parents' kitchen in the back room. Um, in the garage of my grandparents' house in the bungalow, um, not having a studio space for 10 years and then being, you know, showing up at a event and being trusted on a world stage like that. The contrast is insane. So, yes, that is mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I love your gold is, is, is in amongst a whole bunch of stuff. What you said then, very, very quickly but is so ridiculously poignant is your purpose is far greater than any individual moment. Mm. Now, I'd love my social team to just clip that, please. That is very much a key highlight to this entire podcast to date. Mm. Your purpose is far greater than any one individual moment. So Mm. tell me on that, that's gold, tell me on that, what is your purpose? It's evolved. I think my purpose initially was to pursue a life um, of passion and doing something I love. Now it is how do we um, put out positive energy to make a change for creatives as a whole. Um, and in turn, I think that has a greater ripple effect the people who are perhaps in jobs where they're, you know, not fulfilled or they're not living a life that they love mm-hmm. um, and maybe they are a creative person or maybe they're not and they're in the wrong field. So I think um, the purpose has evolved in that I see that there's a greater impact on, um, I, I guess, inspiring people to, to also live a life of fulfillment um, and not be driven by um you know, like, I mean, I, I get paid really well to do what I do now, but I definitely didn't start this journey being like, I'm going to be a wealthy artist. You know, I, I think it's it's living a life, like it, having good intentions um, and in turn being able to then, I guess, um, live a fulfilling and happy life and love every moment. Like fun is like my priority in, in what I do. Um so yeah, yeah, the purpose has evolved definitely, and I think as you said, it's just like it's a culmination of probably more so um, low lights, not even highlights. Mm. Like it's lessons that have then, I guess, um, formed that greater purpose for sure. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Rita Real Estate Training Australia. Shane and the team genuinely care for the success of all of their students not only providing them with the qualifications to enter the industry, but the skills in order to thrive. With 24-hour online support, 
access to one-on-one training sessions, lifetime access to industry mentors and support, as well as free job-ready training programs for anybody that gets their qualifications through their portal. They're a tremendous outfit, and they want to make sure that everybody that comes into the industry stays in the industry. For more information, make sure you head to their website, www.reta.edu.au. Do you find that, because it sounds like you have taken something of a responsibility upon yourself in order to shine a light on what can be um, yes. for for your world, for, for, for artists, up and comers, and, and ones that have been trying to beat on the door forever and a day and, and what yeah. have you. Do you find that sometimes that responsibility can dampen your love for what you do, or does it give you a greater, or does it give you a, a greater meaning to the word love? Because um, you know the importance of doing something that you love in term, when it comes to being a high performance human. I, I personally can attest to that wholeheartedly because. Mm. You know, all the various things I'm doing, auctioneering is certainly something that I truly love, and therefore I do perform at a higher level than, yeah. than anything else that I do. And um, do you feel that with that responsibility, it's almost that Spider-Man line, right? With great power becomes great responsibility. Um, do you f- find sometimes that it dampens your love for the game? Uh, I don't think the responsibility that I feel to help artists dampens the, my love for the game. I think the lack of understanding. Um, and and the lack of value um, that people see in creatives sometimes dampens my love for the game because um, it gets tiring. Mm. Uh, but my my like my determination to change that narrative for us is far greater than than whatever you know I may feel from time to time. Um, and that comes back to energy too. Sometimes you might get you know if we talk about jab jab hooks in in business, like you might get like ten smacks in the face, like one after another, and then you might have a week where you're getting you're just like breezing through. So I think it just depends on um, the environment of business. But no, I think the look everyone in business faces moments where they're like I'm I'm sucked, like I'm depleted, I'm sucked, but everyone sucked the energy out of me. I've got nothing left. Um, but no, my determination, my love, and my want and need to help other artists knowing that i didn't have that i think is um far greater than you know sometimes when i am feeling like you're taking a hundred steps backwards and one step forward do you feel that do you feel that then therefore that that having some sort of responsibility and a purpose that is that goes beyond oneself but goes beyond yourself you think that's you think that actually plays a critical role in your um but your ever turning motivation to want to do better and be better and show more and be more, hundred percent, yeah. Because I've learned that um, artists knowing that I'm showing up and I'm quite honest about the fact that I'm like I'm not the best artist out there. I've literally just worked really hard at it. Worked hard at business, you know. Um, I'm like, okay, not going to be the best artist. How do we like, you know, improve? Um, I guess my skill set as a whole. Work on business. Work on things that you can control. Uh, and yeah, knowing that uh, artists are watching that and I'm like inspiring them, it's like show the consistency is key in anything. You mm. know, you can't just paint one mural and expect another 10 to walk through the door. Um, yeah. yeah. So definitely that I feel that like I, I, 
you know, some people are a bit more cruisy, like, oh, just paint whenever you feel like it. And I'm like, oh, you, you want to make any make a, a girl of anything and you want to be great or a high-performance individual, you really have to work at it um, and it has to be almost like an addiction. So definitely great motivates word Great word for it. Uh, you know, and, you know, an addiction, addiction has generally got tremendously negative connotations, but I think that um, when used appropriately and pointed in the right direction, addiction can be like the D driving force when you've got that single, that singular focus yeah. uh, on a purpose. And, and, and I think the mistake that some people make when it comes to the interpretation of addiction is that, um, and I think this is probably a high performance misconception, um, mm-hmm. because a lot of people that are high performers in which, whichever field, um, they've generally had to sacrifice, right? Yeah. Um, Rick Rushton put it, um, they, they, the opportunity cost is, uh, you know, they're prepared to pay it, whatever it yeah. is. To be to yeah. the family, friends, blah, blah, blah. But addiction in the purest positive sense, you know, your addiction to your craft has so many, uh, knock on, like you, like you said before, ripple effects mm. that other people can benefit from because of the pure energy that you put to the thing that you love to do. Yeah. And, and I think that is, that is tremendous. And I think a recognition in that. It can only drive someone to go that step further and to keep pushing the envelope uh, of what high performance looks like for them. Um, Because I think the minute that you stop is the minute you start falling backwards. I think that's probably fair. Um, Now, I wanted to dig just very quickly into your um, the thing that does sort of get a bit of a bee in your bonnet, which is the value thing, the value prop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've and I've seen a couple I've seen a few of your your little uh, your little digs and your little rants where you've just gone, fuck this, this is worth a little bit of it. <laughs> um um you know, because artists, kind of like most service industries, there's the, the majority of the population really struggle to see the value mm-hmm. that comes with the skill set that you provide. Yeah. Um, and as and I think particularly with art. I would have thought more so than many, um, uh, potentially. People just see you painting on painting on a wall and go, "Yeah, can you do that for us?" And you know, oh, but then we'll we'll have it on our wall and it'll be a great promotion for you and all this sort of crap. And we're gonna yada. market you, and it's just gonna be great. Like our, our customers love you, love you. Just everyone like like just you know we know because we've done a survey on how much our customers. Anyways, yeah, sorry, we can go around. <laughs> <laughs> you kicked me off already. <laughs> um. So like, so how do you tackle that, man? Because because I think one of the biggest issues when someone's trying to step out of the shadows of society and into mm. their own light, value of self and value of one's skill set is probably one of the biggest stumbling blocks I would have thought. It's probably one of the biggest, it certainly has been for me and yeah. continues to be for me. Yeah. Um, how do you navigate that, right? How, because you, because this, this is, this probably would have been something that, you've dealt with in day one and you mm-hmm. deal with today. Yeah. And you still question yourself. <laughs> yeah. And you would find, you know, it's that, it's that, um, that, that swinging pendulum. That's just like, Oh, what, how are we feeling today? Like we're up here or we're down here. We're here, <laughs> down here. Uh, look, it's something that uh, as you build more confidence, um, I guess, you know, the, the way that you value yourself and you value others um, and your understanding and your knowledge increases as, as well, it it gets easier to, I guess, be like, no, this is what I'm worth. This is what, I, this is, this is what I'm charging um, and there's a non-negotiable below that. So I think it comes back to, so how do I deal with it? If it's someone I know, I'll have an honest conversation um, because I owe them 
you know, as I said, they generally have best intentions um, and I'll do my best to educate them um, and try and help them understand that, you know, at the end of the day, like being a creative or being an artist, it's a niche. Not a lot of people can do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a unique one-off piece of artwork that the next person can't do. So, and even if I tried to paint the same thing twice, I couldn't. So, where this, where I struggle to understand is because when people come to me and they don't value art, I'm like, I actually don't mind if you don't value art because not everyone values, values the same thing. You might like designer things. People might like cars. People might like investing in sports equipment. Everyone has different, um, I guess, hobbies and, and they see value in different things. So that's so fine if you don't value art, but please don't engage an artist. Mm. Don't, don't come to an artist and expect them to paint for free because you want something, but you don't want to pay for it. Mm. So I think that's where I get frustrated because look, do I want to spend 10 grand on a mural right now? Probably not. But, you know, if I was ready, then I'd understand that, you know, engaging an artist would probably cost me something around that. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, how do I deal with it? I think educating people because we can't expect, you know, some people just get angry and think that they know, but you you can't. Um, not everyone, you, not everyone's like I, I don't know, but probably I know two percent of what you do. So, yeah. um, and I sometimes find myself asking people really ignorant questions, and I'm like, I just heard what I just said, and I hate that when people do that to me, but I know that I didn't mean it like that. Um, so yeah, I think across the board, it's in. I need to. Teach other artists how to value themselves, um, so then we can all charge what we're worth, and then no one's undercutting. It's it undercutting happens everywhere, but if we're all showing up and trying to educate people and charging what we're worth, then um, that's when it, it becomes a little bit easier to, I guess, change that change that um, goalpost. I think a couple of things in that. Firstly, you've used the word educate quite a lot, and I think that's really really important. Um, yeah. I think that if you do want to represent a value, you can't. You can't claim to have a value if you're not prepared to put it out there. Yeah. And and I think that's one critical thing. A lot of people don't, and again, not like I'm preaching from an ivory tower here. I've got the t-shirt on this one as well. You don't want to give away all your secrets, right? All your secrets. Like as if you see if you know <laughs> it is like like your bloody Gandalf or something. Uh, so <laughs> so um yeah, not not being shy on giving away your secrets because Ultimately, you can give away, you can show what you do, but no one can do what you do. And I think that's where art probably plays or should play a much bigger lesson in business when Mm -hmm. it comes to individuality. Yeah. Because, for example, we take salespeople, everyone bangs on about wanting to know what their unique selling point is. And, you know, how do I, how do I put across a unique selling point? And they're too busy looking at the brand. When ultimately, it's them holding the pen. It's the fleshy bit holding the pen that holds yeah. the unique selling proposition. Yeah. And and art is just such a an incredible visual representation of that. Mm. Um, yeah. um, which is which I think a lot of uh, which I think a lot of people in business can really learn from. Like yeah. you know, if you were to if you you know put your put your value in 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 the in the terms of in terms of an artist. Can anybody paint the way you paint? Can anybody coach the way you coach? Can anyone uh, speak the way you speak? The re- the answer is a resounding no. Not yeah. one person on this planet can do exactly what you do. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that is certainly something that if some of us, if a portion of us, if, if only a handful of people that listen to this episode, if that's the thing they pick up on, mm. then then please, well, you, first, you've got to go and, and follow uh, Danny because she will be a constant reminder of that for you. Um, but let, take a lesson from from artists. Take a, take a lesson from that world mm. because their representation of who they are is a visual thing and it's much more tangible because it's there. If yeah. service, if you're in a service-based industry and you haven't got those tangible things directly in front of you, just remember that you are an artist in your craft of whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can apply it to so many different fields. What you know, what we're speaking on now as well. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and I wanted to, and on, and on that, I want to dig. I want to just quickly go th- go uh, make that connection because you uh, recently came back from a media trip where you were interviewing uh, boxers before a big fight, Nikita yep. Zou, um won the Australian title, um, younger brother of, uh, of um, Tim. Tim. Um, so you said before we, before we set up on this little chat that um, there's so many similarities between artists mm. and boxers when it comes to the process, right? Yep. And I, I love that shit because I'm a massive sports fan, which everybody knows on this podcast now. But um, just give me two or three little nuggets from that, from your ethos around that. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think because everyone's like, oh, but you're not a boxer and like you're interviewing um, fighters. And for me, at the end of the day, we are relentlessly working on your, like on a craft and people, turn up to the fight after a fight camp or after training, you know, they've been training since they were born <laughs> for the last 30 years, you know, and there's thousands of thousands of countless hours where no one is cheering you on there. You've got no one <laughs> t- patting you on the back and then you, you go to this fight and you've got this intense high, um, you know, or I go and deliver a painting and have this intense high or I finish a mural but no one's seen the 200 hours that I've put in or the, you know, Two million hours I've put in over the last thirty years to be able to paint a mural in two days, mm. um, and then you get that pat on the back at the end. But the the relentless work that's been put in in that journey is what people don't see, and the mental battles and the different. The, there's so many factors and layers involved. You know, you've got media coming at you. You've got your your health. You've got your diet. You've got your fight camp. You've got you, this this family. There's so many external factors that play a role in to this one moment this is like Mm -hmm. one fight um and then you've got the extreme lows on the other side that people also don't realize you're in a crowd full of thousands of people people you're sucking in so many different energies toxic energies all the energy um yeah so i think i just respect and admire the roller coasters and also just simply to show up and like for me to put my artwork out there or but to, to go walk out, you know, in that ring, you have to have a set of nuts to do that. Like it takes <laughs> guts. Like you're wearing your heart on your sleeve. Um, so any athlete, you know, anything that requires um, insane dedication, um, I feel like I can relate to because I, I treat my craft as, as like a, as a, I always say, I'm like, oh, this one was an ultra marathon. This one was a marathon. Um, yeah. So that's how I can resonate with their, with their journeys. Do you think that being put up for public judgment is a part of high performance or do you feel that there are some 
some parts of life where, um, because I think ultimately, whether it's public judgment or judgment within a circle, right, mm-hmm. or within a field, I feel that that's probably something that comes with the territory if you want to truly become a high-performance human in whatever it is that you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so like, it could be public judgment. It could also be judgment within your family. I mean, yeah. I, you know, you mentioned that you've had an incredible family. I've had the fortune of, of meeting your old man and um, uh, a top guy. And and you see him and you see his, you see Danny's old man on some of the social media stuff and whatnot, <laughs> running around after her. Um, um, but there would have been other people that have been, would have been close to you, like you mentioned, like your art teacher, for God's sake, the one person that you thought might have been supportive. Mm. Um, so there's always going to be a degree of judgment. Always. Is it any greater than the judgment that you have on yourself, though? No, I think th- I'm probably only realizing that I'm probably yeah, I'm definitely just so critical of myself more mm. so than. And even what I've realized is when you even when you think people are judging you, like they're not. Everyone's just doing. Everyone's playing their own on their own playing field on their own journey. So a lot of the judgment that we feel is being cast on us is is not. It's it's mostly our own critical thinking that then we imagine the judgment. Um I think media is like jet like that is that is straight out judgment and, and that's um, <laughs> a whole nother ball game. Mm. But for the most part it is a lot of internal I, I you know I think I, I, uh, for me anyway. Um maybe other people won't agree. But um yeah. Now Last question. I wanted to ask you about the role of creativity in high performance, right? Because um, in many respects, influence and connection, those two pieces, um, but also the role of the role that creativity plays in happiness, right? How yeah. creative can you be with how you want to design your life if you want to talk all altruistic and whatnot? Um, but talk to me about that. Like when, you know, you, as everybody would have, you're not invincible. Um, you would have had real sort of flat lines of when it comes to creativity at times. Yeah. How do you process that? And, and um, you know, and we're not just talking about being an artist here, but just generally speaking, when it, whether it's media, whether it's your life, whether it's, you know, your, um, your, your relationship with your amazing partner and, and all those sorts of things. Um, when you flatline on a creative scale, like you talked about burnout before, mm-hmm. um, how do you, or what do you go to? What are your go-tos to start to build that well again? Yeah, that's a great question. I've had a a lot of periods. Like I've had um, one at the start of this year uh, and a really rough period at the end of last year as well. Um, that was after the rock incident. So, um, Is that just based off the fact that it was a massive major peak? And- yeah, but um, complete transparency, I think, it was, as again, I, I see the value and the impact that it had on other artists, but um, it really, um, my business took a hit after that, whether or not it, uh, I think people felt like maybe it was unre- I was unreachable. Um, that's mm-hmm. the only way I can put to it. So I had a really big um, low in business financially. Um, and that was not that I put value on like monetary, um, like monetary and financial for my situation, but it was rough because you just had this huge highlight and then I was like, how am I going to keep my business ticking right now? Mm. So, um, yeah, I was in a really low period then. I think it's just working through what you can control in that period. It's like what can we do to first work on my mental health and get me in a better better state where I can actually create? Um, 
because sometimes pushing through is not the way to go. Oh, oh no, if I'm in a really bad way, like I won't be able to push through. Whereas if I'm just like, you know what, I probably need to paint as an outlet. Mm. Uh, you know, you have to pick your battles there and I can generally read where I'm at. Uh, other outlets. So initially painting used to be my only outlet and I'd get into a really big flow state. But as business gets a bit more complicated, it's harder to sort of tap into that. So um, obviously gym, meditation, doing other things um, to aid in me getting into that state. And, yeah, focusing on the things that you can control. Um, sometimes it's trying something completely different. It's like, okay, well, this isn't working for me. Let's try another medium or let's go and do something fun that hopefully, you know, opens, inspires me, travel, do just, yeah, like try different things. Um, and I think no two things will work for everyone. Um, but it's important that you know that we have some go-tos to be able to get through those times because they will come, especially, you know, when you talk about high performance individuals, when you're, when you have like when your goalpost is like shifting all the time as well, you'll often feel like you're not doing enough, um, and that's where you can sometimes get into these lows. I think uh, what I really like it sort of ties in with something I've mentioned um, on my socials before. Sometimes it's really good to just try stuff that you're rubbish at, yeah. just to get out of your own head. Yeah, um, um, I think that you know we can become way too insular when on that pursuit of yeah. high performance or what our version of high performance is, and and I think. Part of that, part of that fine line is that self critique and and whatnot yeah. and awfulizing and and what have you, um you know. But yeah, uh, you would have experienced it to, to a tremendous extent. Um, you know, having that ultimate high, not ultimate, but having that massive high, um, and then and then yeah, and then having that sort of sense of shit. No one likes me anymore, or no one. Yeah. You know, or I'm too good for people, is it? Is that what the go is? And 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 there would have been a tremendous amount of self-judgment coming off the back of that, I'm sure. Um, so, and, and I think the other thing to point out here, team, is that it doesn't matter how successful you end up being, we'll all cop it at some point and we'll all continue to cop it. At we're all dealing with the same battles. They may be on different scales, but we're all dealing with the same battles. 100%. Um, now, I'm very, very conscious that I've taken up so much of your time no. and, and, and this has been such an incredible conversation one of depth and and one that a lot of people will get a tremendous amount of value from this is genuinely uh gold filled stuff that, that we've had a conversation around today i want to ask one last thing though and i think this is probably one thing that i want to perhaps do with all of our guests moving forward um in your pursuit of your version of high performance, what is one thing that you feel you need to work on in order to increase your probability of hitting that high level of high performance that you aspire to? What is asking one thing? Asking for help. Right. Yeah. That was very quick. Yeah. That was the like, first thing that came to my mind. Very quick. Explain. Yeah. Just, I feel like naturally, in a, being in a field where I've just had to figure it out for myself and just, mm -hmm. just work at it and keep just chipping down and breaking down those walls and those barriers, I feel like I've been a bit of a lone wolf because I've had not many people to help mentor me. Mm -hmm. um, so naturally, I don't feel comfortable asking for help. So I'm like, no, I can do that. And whether it's an ego thing or just I don't want to bother people because you know what it's like when you know people are like, hey, do this, do this, do that. Yeah. Um, so 
what I'm trying to get more comfortable is, okay, people ask me for help and I'm more than happy to help them. So I need to then, you know, pass that along and actually ask for help. And I feel like, yeah, we, we don't know everything. And the only Hmm. way to learn is to have those conversations and build deeper connections and, um, relationships with people. And, and you'll find that nine times out of 10, people want to help. And that's the way that they learn and grow too. So beautiful ripple effect. And that's definitely something that I need to do more. And on that note, I think you've helped out a whole bunch of people over the course of this conversation. Um, I personally cannot thank you enough. This has certainly been a massive help to me, uh, if not anybody else. But I'm sure that anybody listening to this podcast is going to have a tremendous amount of appreciation uh, for your um for your uh, absolute clarity in in how you feel about certain things, I I appreciate you and I'm so grateful to be connected to you. Uh, in, in I appreciate support. you and your support and thank you for providing a platform to be able to speak on these things. It's amazing. No, look, the pleasure is absolutely all mine. Now, team, you are crazy if you do not follow this human right now. You better be doing it. You better be tapping those buttons as you're listening to me talk right now. Make sure you follow her. We'll have all of her handles and whatnot in the show notes, as well as her website, where you can see some of the incredible art that she puts up with, puts up time and time and time again. It's a forever hitting a home run as far as I'm concerned. Um, but until next time, Danielle, Danielle Weber, thank you so much for everything that you've provided provided us with today thank you for having me i really appreciate it i appreciate your support too team stay safe stay healthy stay happy look after yourselves look after each other and we'll look forward to speaking to you again next time take care gang Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The High Performance Human. Hopefully, we've given you enough value to justify the time that you've given us. And we've got you that much closer to becoming your version of a high performance human. If you want to have any questions answered, then please feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Andy Reid Coaching. Or alternatively, shoot me an email, andy at andyreid.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thank you so much for joining us once again. And I really can't wait to hopefully bring you some more value in the next episode. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. Most importantly, stay happy.